From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. As always, I am Jerry Brooks, your baby-faced assassin of freedom, host and tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And as we're starting this brand new week off of Adventures in Podcasting, I hope everybody had themselves a great weekend. And it's going to be a busy week, uh, for sure. We'll be getting into a variety of subjects uh, going on this week and what's uh, going on in the news. And, well, we're just going to get started here in just a moment. Now, if you want to uh, also communicate with us, just simply send email to inblackandright at gmail.com. You can also check out uh, our website, inblackandright.net. And hopefully we are going to continue uh, to uh, move up the ranks. Uh, as we uh, said oh, about a month ago, uh, we were named one of the top 20 black conservative podcasts to follow on the internet this year. And we're uh, hoping to finish the year out strong because 2024 is just going to be all kinds of nuts, uh, to be sure. Now, of course, uh, the Tr uh, President Trump is in New York uh, testifying at his civil fraud uh, trial uh, brought about by the wackadoodle and truly messed up Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, uh, and the wacko uh, old white liberal judge. Ugh, that, that's, but we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, right now, over the weekend, apparently the big subject of a lot of the Sunday talk shows was a poll by the New York Times, a story uh, that was... Uh, in the New York Times over the weekend that President Trump, according to a New York Times-Siena uh, University poll, Trump is ahead of Biden in five battleground states. Five battleground states. That is in pretty dang intense, to be sure. Uh, but... When you're dealing with polls, I've and I take my lesson from the late great Rush Limbaugh, who taught us that two very important things: that one, polls are only snapshots of what's going on at the moment, and really can't be given too much credibility but also if a story is about a particular poll there is an agenda that's connected with it so 
as I'm reading the story from the New York Times, and these five battleground states where Trump is leading, I'm not exactly sure if it's a benefit for Trump because the New York, that's not the New York Times style, number one. But I think it is an, a continuing indictment on Joe Biden. Because in this poll, when you're breaking it, breaking it down, and, and other polls have shown this as well, Democrat support and Biden support from three key Democrat constituencies are at, at or near all-time lows. That's younger voters, blacks, and Hispanics. Traditionally, minorities uh, go major league for Democrats, but now what's interesting, and I've seen this in numerous polls and other surveys. Now, black America, as I mean, even though it is rather slow to wake up, but Trump apparently is getting 22% of the black vote, black support. Now, I just about fell out of my chair when I was reading this because I have said for several years, I mean, if this has any validity at all, or if it's even close to accurate, this is doom for Democrats. This is major league doom because already we've seen it in with Hispanics. They're just like, uh-uh, nope, we're out of here. Blacks are a little slower to the game, but at least they're starting to get there. And they're realizing <laughs> slowly but surely in the mainstream media will ignore it to its dying day that Trump is making inroads, not Republicans per se, but Trump specifically is making inroads with the black community. When I saw not too long ago when President Trump uh, came to Atlanta to the Fulton County uh, to the Fulton County Jail and got processed and everything and gave us the the mugshot heard around the world and has started all kinds of <laughs> amazing trends. Uh, I mean, Trump's probably the most famous mugshot in American history. Donald Trump, and he was not happy. I mean. I've got a shirt with the mugshot on it because I just, it was fun. It's cool. I love it. But you have black folks in Atlanta and Atlanta has, its population is at least 40, maybe 45% black. And they're cheering. They're cheering him on. They're cheering his motorcade. You now have rappers doing <laughs> doing raps in support of Trump? Oh man, that's crazy. 
That is absolutely one of the craziest things. But I'm glad they're doing it because maybe in com combining the efforts of Blexit, uh, Candace Owens, and and all of that, and you know, and with Turning Point USA and others reaching out not just to younger voters, which uh, Turning Point USA does a pretty darn good job of, and uh, kudos to Charlie Kirk and his team, but the fact that you've got blacks, and I put the emphasis on black voters, Hispanics are, uh, they are important, but they tend to be more grounded in more family-oriented conservative uh, ideas. Black folks are a little bit of a different animal, especially when you're talking in urban areas. And it takes a lot to kind of break them out of the spell of realizing that Democrats for a generation haven't given one rat's rear end about urban blacks they haven't and this and even MSNBC is starting to figure it out and they're acknowledging it even this morning on morning morning Joe uh, if if the Biden White House and the Biden campaign does not get its ever-loving act together to go after these traditional Democrat constituencies, Trump can win. And that's what scares these people. Now, of course, you have other uh, variables in the equation. You've got the wild cards. You've got RFK Jr. Uh, and I think he might hurt Trump somewhat. Uh, rather than Biden, but you also have no labels. And believe you me, that really scares Democrats right down to their boots because they are a serious, uh, serious faction because of who they're trying to see if they can get uh, recruit people like uh, Senator uh, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona or maybe get Joe Manchin of West Virginia uh, excuse me because frankly Manchin uh, if he's going to try to run for re-election in West Virginia uh, I don't think it's going to go all too well because the governor uh, Roy Justice uh, Democrat turned Republican Oh yeah, he's pretty much kicking butt all over a very red state like West Virginia. But, don't want to get too far afield here, going down this rabbit hole, but this New York Times poll, and along with this story, I've told people many a times, not look at the timing of things. What not just what happens, but when it happens. Because now on top of this 
New York Times poll, which has, you know, some dubious parts, but from just the news headline, former Chief Obama strategist David Axelrod suggests Biden drop out of the 2024 race. Hmm. Now this comes right after the New York Times poll. So a name that I know amongst Democrats and people who remember what happened, they know what the deal is. Oh, hang on a second here. <laughs> Looks like I've got a computer that is not being nice to me. Oh, hang on. Hang on a second here. There we go. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. It's <laughs> trying to do uh, <laughs> trying to do this live sometimes can get a little. It's kind of like working like a circus performer working without a net. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah. Now looking at this story, now take into consideration that now you have David Axelrod. Uh, the chief strategist for Barack Obama is suggesting Biden get out of the race. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I never, this is a concerted effort, I think. This is just one part of the administrative state trying to force Biden out. I mean, take, you've got David Ignatius, uh, he was one of the first from the Washington Post. He's considered uh, sort of a mouthpiece for the intelligence community, like the CIA. Um, so he's suggesting it. The New York Times had an editorial suggesting Biden drop out. Now you have not only this recent poll by the New York Times, now you've got an Obama acolyte David Axelrod telling Biden, hey, you need to get out, buddy. So now this is going to present an interesting problem. You know, because here we are a year from the election. And already we have this growing sort of chorus wanting Biden out of the 2024 race. I mean, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, Gruesome Newsom himself, even took a trip to China, met with President Xi. Now, to me, that sounds like he's auditioning for the Democrat nomination to replace Biden. Now, with people like Newsom, this isn't just some sort of random happenstance. It's not. So he's auditioning uh, for the job himself uh, to get the nomination. Uh, and plus, he's also do, supposed to be doing a debate with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I'm like, okay. I mean, th I think this is sort of a shadow presidential campaign to knock Biden off the ticket and Harris too. 
because believe me, Harris is not an upgrade. Nowhere close to an upgrade because she's got even worse favorability than Biden does. Oh, so that's going to be fun to see how what happens with that. Uh, let's see here. Now, talking about uh, DeSantis, this, DeSantis has got problems. I mean, he has, I mean, he's had real problems. I don't even know why he's still in the presidential race. This is my governor. And he's getting smacked and smacked hard by Trump, even here in Florida, by anywhere from 30 to 40 points, depending on what poll you want to look at. And what's even worse about my governor, and I hate to say this, but I mean, I, as a governor, I voted for him. I voted for him in 2022. I supported him. And now he's doing this, and he's now at a point where I'm really wondering, you know, uh, he's not helping himself. Not now, and certainly not for the future. Uh, The Florida Republican Assembly has put, and Florida lawmakers in the legislature are suggesting, hey, get out of the race. You're not winning. You're getting pummeled in the polls, come home and fix stuff going on because there are issues here in Florida that we have to deal with. Now, just to show you how desperate the DeSantis campaign is, when Governor DeSantis goes on MSNBC to do an interview, and take swipes at Trump, you know you've got a problem. It is a huge problem, Governor DeSantis. This is why, uh, in a related story, um, from oddly enough NBC News, this is from uh, this is from last week. Now about and the headline. Trump is gunning to take over Ron DeSantis's base of power in the Florida GOP. Now, this was this story came about before here in Central Florida in Kissimmee, the Florida Freedom Summit, which had many of the presidential candidates, uh, including Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley. Uh, and Governor DeSantis and, and and others. But what's really interesting about it is like uh, <laughs> Trump stole the show. Trump stole the show big time. I mean, you had the most energy there. Uh, Trump was great. He uh, He's already, <laughs> he's all, I mean, he's making major league inroads with the Florida GOP and he's already had some pretty major uh, wins uh, within the state party. 
uh, including getting rid of the rule that uh, that you're going the pledge to support whoever the nominee is. Trump didn't like it, and there were people in the Florida GOP who got rid of it. So that's a huge win for Trump. Trump is doing stuff. He's getting things done. It's a mind blower, really. So yeah, and apparently he was hosting several uh, of the Florida GOP's leaders uh, at an event at Mar-a-Lago. So yeah, Trump pretty much owns Florida. MAGA is ascendant. Trump has had some big wins in Florida. And with the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, uh, who has been a Trump ally, MAGA is ascendant. But here's the caveat. Be careful. Don't put all your hopes in Johnson because he's got a GOP conference that is in the House that is just a mess, fractured. You've got the moderates, the establishment, and, you know, of course, McCarthyites. You know, this is getting really, really, you know, it's going to be contentious. I mean, it's contentious right now on Capitol Hill. I mean, here we are. It's November the 6th. There are only 11 days left for the continu before the continuing resolution expires. Now, I don't, uh, apparently, Speaker Johnson has uh, apparently plans, you know, to do the, not just dealing with the CR, but also uh, dealing, you know, with the standalone bill uh, to aid Israel, but no money uh, for Ukraine. And believe me, that's going to be really fascinating because it's going to not only uh, show the contempt and the anti-Semitism of a lot of Democrats, but it's also going to expose Republicans, it, at least some anyway. But I'll tell you, it's going to be fascinating to watch. It is going to be fascinating. Okay. Uh, let's see, let's, yeah, so this is going to, this is fascinating here. Just to kind of get back to the New, the New York Times uh, article and some of the insights, uh, Charlie Kirk on his radio and simulcast TV program on Real America's Voice had some pretty interesting insights as to what's going on with all of this. And I, and I figure, let the man himself uh, explain what he means, because he can certainly do it better than I can. So go ahead, Charlie. Make him a toxic candidate. Make him radioactive. Interfere with the election via Jack Smith, Big Fanny, Letitia with this civil fraud trial. Have Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley start to erode the MAGA base, but it turns out none of this is happening the way 
They thought it would. Voters in five battleground states favor Trump over Biden. Before we go any further, it's very clear. This here in the New York Times, this is a hit on Biden more than a benefit to Trump. I partially believe this poll, but this here is yet another example of the regime, the administrative state, the fourth branch of government, trying to remove Joe Biden. And it's becoming very, very real. And they're running out of time. The only thing that could prevent Joe Biden really from running for office is they JFK him or he resigns. They're running out of time. How are they going to have a re replacement? Superdelegates at the DNC? They're not going to have a primary. By the way, Gavin Newsom going to China, that whole thing was tryouts. That was just a reminder to Joe Biden. Who set up that plan, that whole trip, by the way? Gavin Newsom going to China. You don't think Joe Biden got reports on this? Uh, sir, uh, Gavin Newsom's in China right now? And Gavin Newsom playing the, oh, I love Joe Biden. I, I want Joe Biden to get reelected. No, 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 no. That was an administrative state ploy to send the governor of California on a foreign trip. No, no, don't, don't fall for that. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlie said it. He said it best. I mean, this is a ploy. You know, Gavin Newsom going to China. There's not going, you know, but the part of going, you know, to JFK him or resign, I'm like, because I don't see him resigning. I, I just can't. And frankly, uh, but the real point of it is, even though, uh, I mean, I echoed Charlie's uh, sentiments, but they are running out of time. It, they're running out of time. We are just about 90 days away from the first uh, primaries caucuses. Now, the Democrats ain't having much of a caucus in Iowa. In fact, there's no caucus in Iowa. And they've skipped over New Hampshire, uh, which has been traditionally the first in the nation primary. They're apparently going to start in South Carolina, the first in the South. Uh, but Trump, he's like, nope, we're going to have the Iowa caucuses. We're going to have the New Hampshire primary, so on and so on. It just blows my mind uh, how desperate the Democrats are. Because, I mean, to completely diss Iowa, no caucus, or... and this New Hampshire, the first in the nation primary, you gotta wonder what's going on in their minds. You really do. Because, I mean, are they that desperate to uh, try to save Biden again? Now they, now they can't, or at least they're not, it would not be wise if they use the whole thing with, Oh, COVID and everything and mail-in ballots and all that and try to do another end around state legislatures, uh, which is just wrong, wrong and very wrong uh, to do that. But trust me, they are going to, uh, they're still going to try to do uh whatever they can 
to uh, thoroughly mess this up. It's just going to happen. It's just, it's a question of how, not when. So we move on with that one. But kind of to take a little bit of a different turn. Uh, of course, in Colorado right now is the nonsensical trial going on with trying to get President Trump off the Colorado ballot, which is apparently a test case for other states that are going to try to do the same thing with the with Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, you know, the whole insurrection thing. Oh, he's an insurrectionist, and we got to disqualify him from the ballot. Now, forget the fact that even Jack Smith, Jack's or Jack Squat, depending, you now, he has not even brought up any charge or in an indictment for insurrection. So, not only is it unconstitutional, but there are no charges for it. It has to be in, it has to be a federal criminal case with a jury and everything. But one of the great people who I love, uh, who testified in defense of President Trump in Colorado, was Cash Patel who will be very much a part of the second Trump term, uh, maybe CIA director, director of national intelligence, but he will be an important part. But this was just last week uh, on Steve Bannon's War Room uh, about Cash Patel's testimony, which frankly is incredibly powerful and if you have a fair judge, which I don't believe you do in this case, you're gonna, it'll, it's just amazing stuff here. So let me uh, take uh, Cash Patel and his, about his testimony talking with Steve Bannon. But the legal aspect here is not the important aspect because clearly this is bogus. It is, this is political warfare and it's information warfare. And it's working from their perspective. Because now they're going to get into the local news and everything. Well, hey, Trump, is he really eligible to be on the ballot? And this is all funded. They have, you know, source came in at the end, but it's the, the, the railhead of this is funded by Republican billionaire donors. And backer Leonard Leo and this, the Federal Society. And you saw the article yesterday in the New York Times were saying, hey, the lawyers in the future are not going to be these whiffing poofs from the Federal Society. They're going to be hammers like Cash Patel and Mike Davis and others. And by the way, is it by happenstance that Mike Davis happens to be out in Denver following this thing closely? Cash, I told uh, certain people in authority in Trump world that Cash, in your first 20 minutes, I said Cash's testimony is so good that I guarantee you not one mainstream media... I'll be all over Don Jr., who just who just had his first day, first couple of hours. That'll be the headline. That'll be MSNBC. They'll be starting that. They'll be starting that. But Cash's, which, because Don Jr. yesterday was just preliminary. He really didn't say anything. They're going to get into it today. But that'll be the big news because they want to take Trump's business empire and collapse it. But Cash in Denver lays out in a lawyerly fashion exactly why Jack Smith hasn't 
indicted President Trump for insurrection. You called their bluff. And what's shocking to me, because I didn't even really understand this, is that you gave this testimony. Liz Cheney and, and, and Kinzinger and you guys, he gave this testimony, essentially, to J6, and they buried it? Cash Patel, walk me through just the, not the details of the testimony, but just the, the, the testimony as a thing. Yeah, look, you're right. The trial is a total fraud. It's lawfare. And the funny thing about the truth is it never changes. So when the January 6th committee asked me to testify two-plus years ago, whatever that was, I gave them the same exact information under oath as I did yesterday in the jury – or excuse me, in the trial in Colorado. And it was just a simple layout of DOD's position on the National Guard, President Trump's authorization, and what the law permits us to do. And now this lawfare has actually flipped on its, itself on its head – and these lawyers, by the way, the lawyers that bring this case against President Trump are from King and Spaulding. Do you know who's a named partner of King and Spaulding? Sally Yates, Rod Rosenstein, and Gina Haspel. Do you know who was a named partner at King and Spaulding? Christopher Ray, earning $15 million a year. Not a coincidence, deep state government gangsters are bringing this for sure, um, like you said, with the help of the rhinos. And what they wanna do now is say, oh, President Trump didn't order the National Guard on January 6th under the Insurrection Act. So now they want a commander-in-chief to deploy military armed assets unilaterally. Also, these Grundoons from yesterday wanted the president to deploy and order the deployment of FBI agents. That's the position they want the president of the United States to take, even though it doesn't jive with the legal advice given to us by, by many, many brilliant lawyers at the DOD and the White House. And they are so hypocritical, they will take that opposite position because, like you said, Steve, the mainstream media will now run with it and say, oh, I didn't know President Trump could be disqualified. He can't. It's totally bogus. But you're right. None of them are covering the testimony because they hate it when the truth punches them in the face. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I, I love that ending. I, I do. It's like the truth punches you in the face. Okay. So, that was probably the best analysis of why the whole 14th Amendment thing, trying to disqualify him from ballots, is doomed to failure. Now, given the fact that you have a very biased judge, I mean, a walking, uh, <laughs> a walking conflict of interest, uh, first of all. So, I mean, somehow uh, they are going to, you know, they're going to find that, oh, yes, that's like, oh, he fomented violence and he committed insurrection. Uh, yeah, so now if that's the case, this is an insurrection that was horribly done because hardly anybody was armed except for the Capitol Police and maybe those uh, federal agents uh, from the FBI who were interspersed amongst the crowd. So this whole thing of, well, Trump didn't do this, Trump did it's like, it's BS, more BS, sorry. It's, it's not cool. And, you know, if they had such a great case, how come nobody, how come not even Jack Smith Okay, 
Not even Jack Smith, the great legal, uh, the legal hunter that he is, he didn't even make any charges of insurrection uh, against Trump. I mean, come on. If you're going to call somebody an insurrectionist, at least have the decency to try to charge them with insurrection. If you can't do it, and you won't do it, then shut up about it. This is why I'm just, ugh. This whole thing is crap. It's absolute crap. All this stuff that's going on, the lawfare, the spiritual warfare, everything. It's just absolute crap. Uh, But anyway, uh, my friends, I'm just going to call it a day because tomorrow is going to be an important day, especially in the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, looking at all of these elections that are going on. And uh, come Wednesday, I will be probably doing uh, post-election analysis about the governor's races in Kentucky, Mississippi. Uh, Fortunately, already, uh, Louisiana had its governor's race, and Jeff Landry, the attorney general, has uh, won with 52% of the vote, so there was no need for a runoff. So now, if you can knock off Andy Brashear in Kentucky and get the first black Republican governor in U.S. history, you will all, you will have, only North Carolina will remain as the only southern state with a Democrat governor. And that will probably change next year. So, well, for now, everybody, uh, have yourself a great week. Looking forward to being back with y'all. And as always, my friends, just remember, uh, patriots come in all colors. (laughs) We'll be right back.